0: Welcome to the show. My name's Johnny Ball. This is Speaking Influence, the show where we dive into the world of influence and persuasion to help you build professional authority and to become a powerfully persuasive communicator. The reality is there are many people out there who have a great message, they have life-changing products and services that could be in the hands of many more people if only they know how to activate the tools of influence and persuasion to step their game up. An additional benefit of understanding the mechanisms of influence and persuasion is to potentially be able to defend ourselves against those people who use these tools to manipulate others into getting what they want and not necessarily what we want. I do believe that influence and persuasion skills have the power to change the world for the better. It is the voices that have conviction in their message and the skills of being able to utilize rhetoric and other persuasion tools in their communication that can really win hearts and minds. And that is a part of what I want you to learn through our guests and the episodes that we have in this show. As a part of that, some of the format from the show is developing slightly to bring you some variety from not just interview episodes to having some book reviews that you may have recently seen on the best books around influence and persuasion and also to have some specific learning around influence and persuasion with me or with specific guests who are going to come and teach rather than just have an interview whilst there are some changes afoot with the show i'm still committed to bringing you the very best that i possibly can around influence and persuasion and i know that you will love this show with Adam Adams, the host of the podcast on podcasting, where we continue conversations that we've been having with people like Mark Asquith and Alex Sanfilippo recently about the potential with podcasting to grow your brand and to become more known and to get your message and your mission out into the world and become a key person of influence. In the show, you'll hear that Adam does have some slightly different opinions to people like Mark and Alex. And that's a good thing because it gives us more stuff to think about. And it was certainly a conversation that piqued my interest. And I'm really looking forward to getting the opportunity to continue speaking with Adam on his show at some point in the very near future. And I will keep those of you who are interested informed on any of that. For now, all you need to do is sit back and enjoy the show. Welcome to Speaking Influence, the show that helps you to master the psychology
1: and application of ethical influence and persuasion in life and business
0: with persuasive presentations and podcasting coach, Johnny Ball. Welcome to Speaking Influence, and today we are going to be delving into the world of influence and persuasion through podcasting with a guest whose podcast I personally enjoy and would recommend to anyone who is especially into podcasting because it is a podcast all about podcasting. He does a few other bits and pieces as well. Maybe we'll get to talk about some of that too. Let me officially welcome to the show, Adam Adams. Welcome to the show, Adam. I really appreciate you having me, Johnny. I'm looking forward to this interview. I've been looking forward to speaking to you, mainly because I've been tuning into your show and as a podcaster myself, have been getting some great value from that and from how you approach things, how you talk about your guests, the things that you've learned that you share in your journey as well. And I definitely want to get into talking about a lot of that with you. Before we do, though, I would like to kick things off by asking who would be someone who you particularly respect and admire for their influence and persuasion in life or business and how they have used it? there's quite a bit of
1: people. A couple of them are podcasters. John Lee Dumas is one that we could point out. He also is kind of like a podcast coach, similar to what I do. He's been doing it much longer. The things that I like about him is that, like he publishes, you know, how much money he makes with the podcast so people can kind of see that. So it's all all open, right? And he also seems to come to the table each and every time with value for the other person he doesn't necessarily although he makes good money with his show as we all probably could be aware it doesn't seem to be his first thing he focuses a lot on value that he adds making sure that he's asking good questions make sure he's bringing on good guests for his show and producing great content and on a regular basis very regularly I think he even does these shorter ones and basically publishes, I think, every day. That's the type of thing that I respect and admire. When you're doing it for the right reason, you're doing it for the long haul, you're helping a lot of people, and you're able to still make a whole bunch of money. And that, I think, is a lesson in and of itself because most of us feel even if we want to make money, we can self-sabotage ourselves as we start to get there. And yeah. me in particular, I started my podcast and I thought if I made any money through my podcast, it would be doing the podcast for the wrong reasons. And I would become a sellout. I'd be a bad person if I made right. money through the show. And now I'm, I'm making great money, not as much as JLD, of course, <laughs> but I'm really happy about where it's going. And I no longer feel bad about making money. In fact, I feel, I feel like I'm trying to remember the guy's name. He says, if you help enough other people get what they want, you'll have everything in life that you want. And it reminds me of that because I, I try to approach my podcast the way JLD does, John Lee yeah. Dumas. And now that I'm making money, I don't feel bad about it. I actually, the more money that I make, the more people that I feel like I'm helping.
0: So it's, it's kind of interesting. He's
1: someone that I
0: definitely look up to. Fantastic. A great example as well. What, what was the attraction of podcasting for you? What was the first thing that said, oh, I think I'll do that? At first, when I I did two things
1: around the same time. I was doing a meetup group and then I started the podcast. I wanted to do both immediately, but the podcast seemed a little bit more overwhelming to me. It was scary. I knew that I wanted it, but the whole reason behind the meetup and the podcast was to Grow more influence in a certain space that I wanted to, my genre, if you will, and be able to feed business into my company so we could make more money, uh, help more people and those kinds of things. And I thought to myself that podcasting was the cream of the crop versus the meetup because with the meetup, you could only really touch so many people at a time because they would only have to be in that room at that certain time and at the end of that it it doesn't live on and so i thought to to myself like a podcast it would be much better because i could do it once and instead of maybe 30 people in the room maybe there's three thousand people listening and not only that but when i'm done with it next year the year after instead of being completely gone it would live on more like a legacy And so I thought that the scalability of podcasting was one of the ultimate reasons I wanted to do it, albeit it took me a while to get it figured out. I ended up partnering with somebody who had had a podcast prior to me wanting to launch one, and we co-partnered to make it easier on myself so that I could actually do it. But those dreams came true. I was able to get in front of thousands of people and. It speak at lots of conferences because of the influence that the podcast gave me. And furthermore, that content, even though I sold that first podcast, it's kind of interesting. I sold it two years ago. The content still lives on. And I still have people with that first podcast that I started letting me know the impact that I made on, on their lives and their business. So it's kind of cool. It, it is cool. It came full circle.
0: Now, if, if I remember from some of the conversations of yours that I've listened to on your show, that your first show was more about property investing. Is that right? Exactly.
1: It was called Creative Real Estate Podcast, and my focus was to make sure that people didn't um, give up on their dream just because they
0: didn't have money. Right. Which is which is a great a uh, great thing to start out with. And I know that you still doing property investment and still helping people with that as well as well as now helping people start grow and develop their podcasts so which has the greater priority for you in your life which takes up the more time or is it fairly split between them
1: well i have to mention a book to answer the question the book is called rich dad poor dad robert kiyosaki wrote it and i i hope half of your listeners has already listened to it and if you're listening and Mm -hmm. you haven't yet heard uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I would go check it out because it kind of changes your mind about business and things. What I learned on there, and and it's that not neither is going to be independent of each other. Neither are going to be better or worse than the other. So for example, his big takeaway in that book is you should make as much money as you can in your business. And... You sh- it's basically three things. Make as much money as your business. Second is don't spend all of your money, even if you don't make so much. Just make sure you have some extra. And the third is where to put that money in its investments. So if you ask which is more important, I've been doing real estate investing much longer. I've been in real estate investing since 2005. And I just had a transaction for two transactions in the last three months. But one of them was just last week. And it's something that I really focus on. It's something that needs to happen. But where I spend a majority of my time and effort is building the business that it's called Grow Your Show. I want to grow the podcast, grow my company called Grow Your Show, which helps podcasters. And I'll continue to take the extra money and close on transactions with that extra capital. Before I buy a Ferrari,
0: I'll buy, I'll buy a rental, you know? Yeah. Uh, That's fair play. It's a good plan of action. And and I wonder if you, did did you realize, especially when starting the second show, that there was a lot of uh, business potential in a new podcast, in in that it was worth getting into it, and that you could develop a new range of influence and potential with a new audience that you maybe hadn't had before? It's a hard question to answer.
1: Did I realize it? Did I notice it? Not in so many words, I suppose, if I have to be honest. I just knew that there's nearly unlimited potential with podcasting and even YouTube channels. Now, YouTube channels, there's Way more competition. I think that the last time I checked, it was 60 times the amount of YouTubers that there are in podcasts. So so it's a little bit different there. Podcasting has it's a little bit easier. The main listener has more money, which is kind of interesting. So I want to serve people that are that own a business and they want to be able to have the easy button for their podcast, where it is guaranteed to get into the top one percent in the world tons more listeners and all that, and they just want to have it hands off. And so for me in, in a way, I just knew that if I wanted to find the perfect business owner, I could find them on podcasting much easier than say a YouTube channel. And so, yeah, I started it in it, It's interesting because I started the company prior to starting the podcast. I started the podcast. I started the, let me kind of give you a quick timeline. In 2019 is when I started helping other podcasters for money because I had been doing it for a couple of years for free for my friends and they were all getting ranked. In 2020, I slowed down the real estate acquisitions a whole lot because I didn't know what was going to happen with the market. In 2021, I think it was, is when I actually launched the podcast. So I had had the business for a year or two before starting the podcast and it was because i wanted to make sure that i could attract the right people and i f- believe in something and i hope your listener will write this down i believe in ready aim fire your listener was told ready fire aim ready fire aim don't don't overthink it just start you can change it later but done is better than perfect and i believe hmm. opposite i believe that A strong launch of a podcast is the best way to launch a podcast. And if we miss those first eight weeks, if we, if we just go ready, fire, aim, there's a lot of things that we miss out on we are unable to trigger some algorithms that show Apple, for example, and other playing platforms, how popular we are. So it took me a year or two because. I wanted to work through the details. I wanted to make sure I understood my avatar. I wanted to make sure that I knew what I was looking for out of the podcast. I want to make sure that I had great content for my listener. And those things can happen quickly. But I believe that I had a leg up by waiting a year or two and preparing and aiming. And we were able to be ranked into the top 1% in a relatively short amount of time
0: and now we're twice as high as that this has yeah. been, it's been pretty fun. I think that's really great advice. Yeah. I think back to when I first started in podcasting and I did it my first podcast, which is this show just in a different format and a different name, but I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And it was with just a project for my public speaking club and something that I just ended up doing a few more times thinking, no, oh, no, I quite like this. This is, this is fun, but there was no strategy. And there was no planning. There was wasn't even really any understanding that that was something that I needed It was needed. It was really more of a I mean, let's just start it. And and I do still think if you don't really, you know, if this is just a fun thing for you and you don't really care about audience and you're not doing anything for business or to make any kind of money, maybe it doesn't matter if you don't have that. You could just start your show and put it out. Although, I still think we can do better than that. But if certainly if you want to do something bigger and actually develop an audience and have lots of people tuning in you have to start with a strategy and you have to execute that and and having as you say having a good launch is really essential for that And, and i still think there are plenty of people who just don't get that with podcasting is it
1: is it okay if i share an opinion that might be slightly contrary to that sure so my thought is for at least for all the podcasters that i speak with they generally start a podcast for one of two reasons either they want to make money with the podcast. They want to like grow their company like I did, or they want to have advertisers like many of my clients have. Or if they don't want to make money, they generally want to make an impact. And it's super challenging to make money or make an impact if you don't have a strong listener base. And so I feel like even if somebody's doing it to have fun, I think it's still in their best interest to launch it strong because then you don't have a diary. Then your podcast is more than just a journal. Like you have thousands of people listening and it and it's just a very small difference of what you do in the first eight weeks versus what you uh, wouldn't do in the first eight weeks That that goes from maybe like, 20, 30, 40, 50, hundred listeners to more like 300 to 3000 to 6,000 listeners. Just as it's like a 1% difference changes everything. And then we can make that income or that impact, whichever one we cared about more.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's, uh, that's great advice because probably even if you are doing something for fun, I don't think it ever hurts to have a big audience. And I don't. I wonder if you'll agree with this because I've been having a chat with a few professional podcasters recently. But do do you think that podcasting is currently at a stage where, and maybe YouTube was at some years back, where there is a greater necessity to be creating higher quality content now rather than just churning out content, which a lot of people maybe have done, gone for quantity over quality before. <sighs> That is, this is going to be an opinion because I can't
1: have any, I don't have any facts to back this up. Uh, that is, I love that question. So it's currently is quality or quantity more important? And it is so impossible to answer that because I think, I think quality is the most important. Okay. They, I think if you put out crap, you're going to get back crap. So Having a decent audio quality, having a decent video quality is unprecedented. You can't not do it. However, at the same time, Quantity has some data to back up what it can do for a podcast. And so I don't want people to put out crap either, but I have noticed that I use a gas station analogy to help explain it. And the same thing can go with restaurants. If, if you have, if you put a Chili's, I don't know, is Chili's where you are, Johnny? Do you uh, have a Chili's? I, I'm
0: familiar with the restaurant, but okay. no. it's, not, it's okay, I so, don't think
1: they're around here. <laughs> okay, and I bet a lot of your listeners haven't heard of it either. But let's just say you put one uh, nice restaurant here, one mediocre restaurant here, one low quality restaurant here, and another medium quality restaurant here. There's four of them. Because they're all in the same parking lot, they all make a ton of money. But if one of them was just by themselves and two miles li- over, there was a different one. And two miles over, there was a different one. And they weren't in the same parking lot. None of those, po- uh, none of those podcasts. That's where I'm going with this. <laughs> none of those yeah. restaurants would make all that much money. Same thing with four gas stations on a corner versus one gas station on a corner. Everybody knows. This is where I stop. I always stop here. And all of those gas stations seem to make more money. Instead of one barely scraping by, maybe making 30000 a year. Now you have four and they're all making a couple hundred thousand a year. It's the most interesting thing. And so with your podcast, we will find that you have more chances of getting earballs to your show if you have more, more content. If you have more episodes, if you have more takeaways, if you have more uh, value, people are going to be sharing your podcast. It and additionally, just like the gas stations where people mentally say, "This is where I come for gas," is this corner? I don't care which gas station, but I go to this corner every single time. They will be thinking, "When I want to learn how to grow my influence in speaking, I always listen to Johnny Ball because." he has seven episodes a week instead of one episode a week. Or the reason that we listen to Adam Adams, you know, the podcast on podcasting is because he's publishing, and I am right now, six episodes a week, not seven. I'm not as good as Johnny in this example. But now they know that this is where they come for that content. And, and I will be front and center, top of mind more frequently because the RSS feed, the, uh, the podcast gets updated and pushed in front of that person again tomorrow. Instead of just once a week, I'm always front and center, the first page of Google. If I wait a whole week, then everybody else is going to be in front of me for seven days. So I think high value content, maybe even make it interesting, maybe make it uh, tangible, maybe make it funny and entertaining and educational so that they come and they've got something that they can go away with. But also, the more you can publish, the better.
0: Yeah. So qu- quality and quantity is a good thing to aim for. If you ask me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, I get that. Yeah, it's an it's a interesting opinion. I can say where that is the case. I think when I first started podcasting, I don't think I believed that there was a huge opportunity to make that much money from podcasting. In fact, there were very well-known podcasters like Tim Ferris at the time saying things like don't go into podcasting to make money and And I don't know that that's necessarily still true, because I think there is a lot more income potential with podcasts now than ever before. And you mentioned that there are people who start podcasts now to make money. I've generally said in the past that those are the people who probably won't stick at it very long because it can be such a long game Mm. in podcasting. But I think you might have a different take because I think if you're doing the right things and promoting your show in the right way and making the content in the right way, It probably can be quick, much more accelerated in your journey. Would that be where you stand? I have a quote that's been on a Facebook
1: page of mine for a long, long time. It's about entrepreneurship. And it, it was my quote. I was the one who said this one. And it goes along with that. It said, You know, you don't start a business in order to make money, you go to business to solve problems, to help people solve their problems. And I don't know to the extent, of what that influencer was saying was the reason why you shouldn't start a podcast, not to make, you shouldn't start a podcast to make money. But if I were to guess, I would assume that he was saying that if your first priority is financial gain, if your main thought is, if I don't make money, then this podcast sucks, then you're doing two things wrong. You're you're forgetting about your listener, your avatar, you're forgetting to really focus on the support that you need to give them. If you start with that first, you're gonna make all the money that you want in the world anyway. Yeah. And w- alongside with that, if you are so you're losing you're losing your focus of who you really should care about, but also you're you have a higher possibility, like you said, of fail of failing because it's just harder than you expected. And the money is slower. When you go into a business, when you start a most companies don't get into the black until three years. It's very interesting. And I don't remember the stat. It might be 90% or something crazy like that of entrepreneurship ventures don't last more than a year or two. So they never get that opportunity to start seeing that bell curve where it really takes off, because they lose the focus, they don't make enough money in the beginning. And the same thing can happen with a podcast. But one thing that I always tell client, if you're gonna start a podcast, start it with in mind, you have to know that you've got at least three years. The three years is the smallest amount of time you can even try this. As if you're gonna dabble, if you're gonna try it for two months, one year, maybe even two years, it's gonna be hard. So in my opinion, I think every podcast should make money, albeit it's probably not the only focus or the first focus that we should have. But any show that we have, if it's costing us more money than it puts into our pocket, it's not going to last very long. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki's book, one more time, going back to him, he mentions cash flow. He mentions how important cash flow is. When we buy rentals, for example, we wanna buy a rental that puts money into our pocket every month. That's what an asset is. If we buy a rental and it takes money away from our pocket every month, even though it could be called an asset, like our own house, he says, is a liability because it costs us money. It doesn't make us money. Maybe there is a net worth that increases, but if we're not getting money in our pocket every day, We can only buy so many of these quote assets. And same thing with our podcast. If we have it so it can make us a little bit of money, if that can be a focus, not our first focus, we would be able to have as many podcasts as we wanted. Because they would all be making money. We it would be something we never could we never would stop buying rentals if they all put money into our pockets. But if they cost us money, they're, they're either not going to last long. We're going to sell it. We're going to say real estate investing doesn't work. We're going to say podcasting doesn't work. So I think we should focus on making money, but I think we should focus first on providing a service to our listener.
0: Yeah. So I want to follow up with that because I think that's a great answer. And I think that's how we should be approaching business. Absolutely, you're, you're right with that. And to say, if someone, let's say, a lot of people who I work with, would be people who have a business. They already know what problem they're solving for people, and they're already talking about that and active in that area, but they're not not—they're not that well known yet, and they're looking to become more known, and they're thinking about podcasting as a vehicle to help them do that. So when it comes to someone who knows what they're doing in business, knows what they're about and who they want to help, and they're looking at podcasting as a vehicle to help them become more known because that's what they don't have. That's probably the missing element that they want to grow. And then, well, podcasting could do that. And should we be looking at guesting or having, our having our own show or both of those options?
1: Okay. So it, it's guesting versus having your own show. And I think you should get on somebody else's show once or twice. Cause you've got to figure out what it's like. You should probably be listening to some shows and then you should try being on that side of the table. But I don't think you should do it too much. I don't think you should guest a lot. And the reason why is because if you get on somebody else's show, the average amount of time, so I'm already crying here, Johnny, because the next time statistically that I would be on your show is three years from today, statistically. And so if I didn't have my show and I got on your show and I then – started my podcast and I wanted to get that exposure, it would be a challenge to call Johnny and say, I'd love to come back on your show because the statistical average is three years per podcast. So I think we should do it, but we need to be cautious not to overdo those because the best CTA, the best call to action at the end of this episode with you, Johnny, the best thing that I can do, it's not go to my website, grow your show and pay for my services. That's not the best thing that I can do. It might not even be that I'm giving away a free ebook. The absolute easiest, simplest thing for your listener to do, Johnny, because every listener that listens to your show happens to listen to podcasts. Boom, the mic drop. And so with me, if I want to grow my podcast and my influence, it's gonna be beneficial for me to start getting on podcasts for the most part after i've started one because then it's it becomes there there's a lot of reciprocity there's a lot of reciprocal interviews whereas i'm on Johnny's show Johnny's absolutely coming on my show right we're doing a swap we're going to make sure that 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 it benefits us both and it benefits both of our listeners cuz we believe in each other we believe in the value that each other can drop And so we have each other on our podcasts. And so I know it's a long roundabout answer, but it starts with, it's going to help your business to have a podcast, but you probably ought to listen to a bunch and guest on just a few. Take your notes. What did they ask? How did they make you feel? And then you can start your own podcast. I think a big mistake that a lot of real estate people do, they are like, I'm going to start a podcast eventually. But right now I'm just getting on as many other people's podcasts as I possibly can. Most of those people are not going to convert into anything because the easiest place for them to convert was going to be to a listener to their podcast. So they're really shooting themselves in the foot by not having their show available and having that their main call to action at the end of a podcast episode.
0: Yeah, I I think maybe one thing we can definitely agree on is that if you have a brand especially like you say about being real estate and you would like to develop a greater relationship with your audience and an easy way to to bring people through and have them feel more connected with you because i think we know now more than ever that relationship marketing anything is so important that people need to have the multiple touch points that actually want to feel like they know you it makes it much easier to do business together I and mean, business has all, always been about relationships anyway that having a podcast is a huge opportunity to be able to perhaps even accelerate those relationships but certainly to establish them in the first place and become a trusted voice in those people's ears yeah 100 percent. i think the podcast is such a good way to do that so, so realistically, I think for, uh, something I'm just sort of thinking right now, as we're talking for the kinds of people who generally tune into my show, probably every single one of them should be thinking about having their own podcast.
1: Yeah. In my, in my opinion, they probably ought to, when you own a stage and this is a stage as well, this is a, a podcast is a virtual stage when you own a stage, whether it's a meetup group conference that you host workshops that you host, a book that you wrote, that's another stage, or your own podcast or YouTube channel. It makes it much more natural for you to speak on other people's stage. And I call it Trojan horse marketing. When you're marketing your show, you can be the Trojans who invaded the town of Troy in a very sneaky way by giving a gift, by jumping on to somebody else's stage and offering value. And one or two listeners will move over, not move over, but they will also listen to our show. And the Trojan horse marketing, it, it allows your influence to grow much, much more rapidly. And people can find you and search you on the web faster and easier when you've been on a whole bunch of other people's shows or spoken on different stages or have a website or have your own social media. They're, easy, they're more able to find you. And Searchability these days happens to be one of the first ways that people are vetting you and me when they start to do business with us. They want to make sure that I don't have any blacklists. They don't. They want to make sure I don't have any disappointed uh, customers, any clients that came. So they look that stuff up. And by having your own stage, it becomes very natural for other people to invite you on their stage. And, and so I've noticed that I've been speaking at a lot of different conferences. For example, when in the real estate space, I was able to speak in front of hundreds and hundreds and even thousands and thousands of people because I hosted conferences and I got some of them to speak at my conferences. And I had a podcast and got them on my show. And then they, they knew me. I was the squeaky wheel. So I got the grease. And I would be on stage and there would be people sitting down that did way more real estate deals than me that had maybe even more knowledge, maybe even more net worth. But I got to be the one that everybody looked at because I had my
0: own platform. It was natural for other people to put me on. That makes, makes a lot of sense. I, I wonder for you, I mean, I, I think a lot of your podcasts that I've listened to have been interviews, but I know you do some solo episodes as well, which is just you teaching. And that's something that I'm moving more into myself. Has the, the sort of halo effect, the credibility of having people who, who might already be very well known in your industry in and uh, whether it's real estate or even in podcasting, has that helped or boosted in, in significant ways for you along your journey as well? Can you, can you help me understand what is the halo effect and getting credibility from other people? Is it people that were a guest on my show? Um, yeah. So people you may have had, had as a guest, you know, how, how many people I'm thinking when I met my first got into the personal development mob, many people would try and have their photos taken with famous people. Or maybe it would be Tony Robbins at a personal development event, or maybe some, uh, someone from TV and have those pictures on their website, even if they would just jump them in a queue for a a premiere Mm -hmm. or something like that, because you're seen with them, there's an automatic association, but in podcasting, you actually have a deeper level association that might help to develop your credibility. I, I
1: know that subconsciously, subliminally, some of us gain additional influence because of pictures or podcasts interviews however in many cases it's probably a false sense of fame and i feel like the people that seek to take pictures with or have like the biggest name on their podcast i feel like they're doing the wrong motions i feel like they're focused too much on thinking that they are going to get credibility when I honestly don't believe that they get that much of it. I think where we get the most credibility is when we put our, when we put our heart and our, in our mind and our, our passions to work and so. To speak to something you started to mention, you knew that I did about 50% of interviews and 50% of solo episodes. And you mentioned how you were going to start doing more solo episodes. Yeah, I think that's where we get really gain the most credibility. Less about the association of some famous person that got onto the podcast that just wanted to pitch their product and more about what we know, what our heart is, what we want to give to the world and leave to the world, what we can do, what we have done. Our knowledge, I think, is what's going to give us way more credibility than having some famous person. And there's a lot of people that want famous people on their podcasts, and it still makes no sense to me. still, I still don't understand. I had JLD, but I didn't get a, a lick of credibility by having him on the podcast at all. I get more yeah. credibility by pouring into my listener
0: from my heart. I, I think I agree with that. I mean, you know, I think perhaps when I've had, uh, I, was, I was very lucky to have some quite well-known people on my podcast early on. But to me, it wasn't about having them on for prestige. It was about having them because I really wanted to speak to them. I was just yeah. amazed they agreed to it. And, and I... I, I did kind of thing in my naivety as a, an early days podcaster, that that was going to, this is it, this is going to make the show, yeah. but then you forget how many other podcasts do these people go on and why is someone going to come and listen specifically to my conversation with them when they could go and listen to, I don't know, John Lee Dumas or Jordan Harbinger or someone else having a conversation with them that they're far more likely to, because they might already be subscribing to that show. And, and yeah. so, yeah, it was a lot of unrealistic expectations and do I think it gave me any credibility I think maybe a smidge maybe a bit of like oh well you know if someone like that is going on your show maybe at least they trust you enough to to have a chat with you but uh if they're going on every other podcast as well maybe it doesn't really do anything for you at all but I do know my best downloaded shows have been with people who the majority would never have heard of oh
1: nice that that's a mic drop that gave me chills
0: I like I like that. I think it's nice uh you know I, I strive now to have that conversation with be between some people who are at least reasonably well known uh whose work I really like and want to have those conversations with and people who are still very very interesting sort to of to you, you may never have heard of that you're still going to get a lot of value from and balancing that out with putting out more of my own content and it is through listening to shows like yours and I listen as well to Mark Askwith from Captivate FM and you know, it gives me those inspirations to move in these directions and say okay you now the two and a half years of making a show it's time to demonstrate my own expertise a bit more not just in the conversations that i'm having but actually yeah. have a show that's just just be by myself and and this is really now one of one of the joys i think in podcasting is that you can design the format of your own show however you want it you are not tied into one particular format, even if that's how you started your show.
1: You're I agree with you. That is true. Podcasting can do quite a bit for us. I mean, if we're doing business for the right reasons, we're here to add value. I mean, it goes back to that same quote. The more people you help get what they want, you'll have everything in life that you want and podcasting really what's the word exponentially grows. The amount of people that you
0: can serve. Yeah. Is is there anyone in your opinion who shouldn't think about starting a podcast?
1: Yeah, there is a little bit. I get some people that come to me and they're going to do it for the wrong reasons. They're only thinking about making money, only thinking about monetization. That's one. The second one is somebody who doesn't really understand what they're trying to achieve with the podcast. It's not to say that they should not have a podcast. I it's just that they absolutely shouldn't have it yet. If they don't know what they're trying to achieve, if they don't understand their avatar and how to help their avatar, they probably shouldn't do a podcast. And the the third one that comes to me a lot and they want to start a show. And I have a bit of negativity. I try to be a positive person in general, but I have a bit of negative negativity toward this. And it's when people want to start a podcast, and the only people they want to listen is like 300 people from one certain town, one certain town. And podcasts are listened to worldwide. I'm mm-hmm. Johnny. I know for a fact you're listened to in multiple countries. I'm a hundred percent sure about that. I am as well. Um, if I. If I had a business, let's say a landscaping company, and I could only serve my city, and I only needed to serve my city to make money, what would a podcast do for me? How how would a podcast help? It would be more of a distraction. It would slow me down. Maybe I would be well-known to people in different countries, but it's not going to help me make a dime here in my own city. I think that's when we need to be thinking more about meetup groups, hosting events, community events, sponsoring community events, having booths at community events. If you know that your avatar lives in a geographical pinpoint, it's silly. In my own opinion, this is the negativity part that I mentioned. It's just silly to start a podcast if if you can't get any value out of yeah you know, helping somebody in in another country. So that's, those are the three people that I would say might want to rethink having their show. But for us that, like for my company, Grow Your Show, we have, we don't yet have clients in other countries, although it would be very easy. Some of them travel a lot. So they are technically in other countries, but for the most part, our client lives in the U.S. and Canada. We have a couple in Canada and one in Mexico, but it's like, it's for the most part, it's U.S., and, um, when, when I know that I can serve people in any country, cause I, I have the system that solves their problem, then it makes a lot of sense for me to go ahead and have a podcast over top of a meetup group or a community
0: event. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. And um, so, uh, yeah, I'm thinking then if somebody comes to you and they want to start a show and you've had that conversation and it looks like a good fit it's like okay well yeah you should start a show and you've made that agreement with them and you're happy to work with them what do the early stages of getting that on the road look like if someone comes and works with you so brand
1: brand new um we send out an onboarding email and it gives the five first steps basically step one is to read the terms you know step two is to pay step three And four is to set appointments with me and my team. So on the appointment with me, I try to, I extract the vision. I extract what we're looking for so that I can help suggest some titles that would help that perfect avatar the best. So it's a couple of meetings like that. We agree on a title and then my team goes and creates all of the podcast artwork. We create four different options, four different like color schemes and fonts and and just general looks. Maybe sometimes we use your headshot, sometimes we don't. And then we help you, we help decide which one to use and we get more traction on Facebook. We call it a pre-launch. So we post these things on Facebook about you starting a podcast and about you the show the show artwork. The the logo, if you will. And then it's really just my team that has to do everything. We are the ones who, who get your intro and outro recorded. We've hired the voiceover artists. It's all, you know, one price and we do all that. We do the music. General, we like to make sure that you have original theme music. Uh, I, uh, the negativity comes back when uh, when people have, they just get free music or they are breaking copyright for music, but this music has been here, been here. people hear it all over the place, and yeah. not just your podcast. The Taco Bell don, gong, it's audio branding. I hear that bell. I already salivate for Taco Bell. Ding, you know, and the same thing is with our podcasts. We don't want to use somebody else's audio branding. We want to use ours. So we handle all of that stuff. And then we go to launch, we publish it, we produce it. The main thing that the client has to do is have a meeting with me, agree approve of the logos approve of the intro and outro that we do and then they just got to keep pressing record if they can press record we do all of the hard stuff we do all of the editing post-production we write your show notes we create all the promotional images we post to your social media for you we email your guest if you had a guest we email them all the promotional material so that they can share it and we can go back to that trojan horse marketing and and we can be in front of their listeners and followers right so we do all of the hard stuff and our client basically just pushes record from that then on. Does that answer well, that your question?
0: Yes. It definitely does. And that's a very nice hand-holding process that makes it very easy to get started on your own podcast for someone to come work with you. It makes it very a very attractive opportunity for people to do that. For, for anyone who is tuning in and thinking, hmm, I would, would like to know more about that, How would they find out how they can work with you? They can go to growyourshow.com
1: and there's a button that just is a discovery call. The discovery calls like a sales call for both sides. So I ask questions, they ask questions, and we can just find out if we can work
0: together or not. Fantastic. If this, this may be an easy question that might require a bit of thinking about, but what, as a podcaster, what has been the most unexpected benefit of podcasting for you?
1: You know, the the biggest, the most unexpected thing is getting invited on different stages. That's by far the biggest one. I've been able to speak in front of thousands of people, even in one conference, several thousand people, and it never would have happened ever, never would have happened. I mean, like the farthest thing from happening. If I didn't have my own thought leadership platform, it just absolutely couldn't have happened. My whole life and my business has changed because I'm able to speak on other people's stages. I, although we've mentioned this in this episode, that's the one thing that I never expected. And that's probably why I brought it out so much in this episode with you is because people don't understand like they're swimming upstream until they have a podcast. Yeah. They're doing they're trying the hard way to get on people's stages. They're trying to the hard way to make money and to grow and influence. But when you have your own thought leadership platform, and I don't care if it's a book or a podcast or a YouTube or you host conferences or what, if as soon as you have your own thought leadership platform, if you do it for the right reasons, you're gonna be on a lot of other stages, virtual and in person.
0: Yeah, I like that. And I think it's very true as well, especially with the growth potential of things that are happening in the podcasting world right now, which we haven't even gotten into it. And we don't really have time to, unfortunately, it would have been uh, interesting to have that chat. Maybe we can have that chat another time. But I do want to ask you, I'd like to find out from one of my guests, you've already mentioned one book several times, which was Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Are there any other books for you that you think, hey, look, you should check out this book, it's going to help you, <laughs> or it, this made a big impact on me, take a look.
1: Sure. I'll mention too the compound effect by Darren Hardy. It's fairly inspirational because it talks about small things that you need to do just over time and how the big difference that they make. He talks about how yo yo dieting isn't the right way to do it, and things that are sustainable. And even if you're only losing a pound every couple of months, if it's sustainable, it'll ultimately be better for you than. I'm on a fast right now, so who am I to speak? But better than like starving yourself for a few days. Star I'm gonna starve myself for a few days. I'm gonna lose fifteen pounds, and then I'm gonna be twenty pounds more in a week. The compound effect kind of shows a different way with your relationships, with your work, with your business, and with yourself and your own goals. And so I I think that's one that anyone could get value out of. And the other one is a strange one, probably. It is called the it's called, oh my gosh, What is it's by the Dalai Lama. Beyond Religion is what it's called. Beyond Religion. The Dalai Lama wrote it. And his main thought in the book, in writing the book, is that across the world, there's so many different religions. And they're so different. And a lot of schools shun all religious things because th- some of the parents do. And so he fe- feels like it's like unfortunate that, we're not really learning ethics and integrity anymore because it was something that was more connected to just religion. And he is, he, he, the main, it's a long book. The main focus is compassion for other people. It's, it's the love and the concern and the care for other human beings coming first and foremost. And I think it goes back to, if you help another, enough other people get what they want, you'll have everything that you want. If you're doing things for the right reason, if you care about other people, you're not going to be an asshole to people on the on the road or who are in front of you in a line. You're going to love them and care about them. And it was a extre- it's not necessarily for business. But I got a lot of true impact from that book, especially because I don't I don't hold any one religion as the number one religion I don't go to a church and so it was he speaks to me really well in that in that and I I found myself wanting to be an even better person to more people after reading that so that could be yeah. another valuable one to a, some listener
0: I, I love that yeah you make me think of an episode I did gosh in my probably my very first series with a, a stoic philosopher called Donald Robertson and these were themes that were coming up it's one of the reasons why i was so glad I got into philosophy and like the ancient Greeks and Romans would teach virtue. They thought it was one of the things that everybody should learn. And, and I, I agree I, and think you know, we could all do with aiming to be uh, more virtuous in our lives. And I don't mean like prudish or you know, uptight, like a lot of people might consider that, but actually just aim to be good people, to care for each other and aim to do the right thing more often because we want to, because that's who we want to show up as in our lives. I get all of that. I love that. I love that as a recommendation. When it comes to influence and persuasion. What would you say is your superpower? That's a great question. I think
1: I think it's kind of goes back with the Dalai Lama's book. I think my biggest thing is that I care about other people. And I and I think people can tell. I think they can feel it. But I feel like if I started out, for example, this episode today with you. If I had a hidden agenda that I just wanted everyone to hire me as their podcast coach, I wouldn't approach it the same. I wouldn't be adding the same amount of value. I would, it would be a completely different type of thing. And you know, this is the way that I think of it. It's a couple of magnets. If you have a sec for me to share this analogy. Yeah. In the past, the more loud we were, the taller we were, The louder we were, the more authoritative we were, the more bossy we were. We got results. We were pushy and we got results. And over the years, pushy salespeople started to scare people away. They didn't want to get talked into things anymore. Their parents were talked into things. And so we became guarded. So instead of being passive buyers, we turned around and we became actively jerks to anybody who wanted to sell us anything. So we walk in, obviously wanting to buy some clothes and the person at the clothes uh, says, how can I help you? And you, oh, I'm just, I'm just browsing. I'm just looking. Same thing with the cars. We, we know we're ready to buy a car. We walk in and someone's like, is there anything I can help you find? No, thanks. I'm good. I don't want anything because we've turned around. We're on that positive side now. And they're doing the Positive side, so I think with influence and persuasion, I found that when we can be ourselves, when we can be authentic, when we can just add value to others, and we're showing our negative, we're turned around, and uh, the, with the magnets, where our positive is the other direction, they're going to be so attracted to us. They're going to be so. They're going to be like, "How can I work with you?" And I think that's a difference that I've noticed for me is. I don't push anyone. I don't have an agenda. I just, if I can help you, let me show you how I can help you and let you make a decision if if it's right for you. That's that's something that's really helped me. It's just being genuine and and not being pushy. Yeah, fantastic.
0: Adam, there's going to be uh, links to the Grow Your Show program, uh, your website there, and to your podcast on podcasting in the show notes for everyone to go and check that out. And I hope that they will. If there was one thing that you hope people will take away from this conversation more than anything else, or if you even take action on more than anything else, what do you hope that would be? The only thing that I'll say is if
1: you've been thinking about doing a podcast for a long time and you're you're about to jump in. Just take that extra time to go ready, aim, fire. Just take a little bit of extra time. It's not like you're not going to launch it, but just launch it correctly. Launch it with some gusto behind it. Is If you understand your avatar, if you understand what you're trying to achieve, and you can create some systems that allow those things to happen, allow you to serve other people that listen to your show, then that's when you're going to get the most amount of value. So if, if you are going to take anything away today, walk away from this podcast saying, if I have a show, I'm not going to have a journal. I'm not going to have a diary. If I have a show, I'm going to make influence and impact and income through my podcast because I'm going to do it the right way.
0: Uh, Adam, I've really enjoyed this conversation and uh, I wish I had connected and spoken with you before I started my first podcast, that's for sure. Uh, Thank you so much for coming and being a guest on Speaking Influence. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed the show and got some value from that. And if you did, then please consider the price of this episode, sharing it out with your friends and network. The more listeners react to the show, the more the show grows. and the lessons that you take from this might just be valuable to people in your social and professional network too. So sharing out the show really does make a huge difference, and thank you to all of those of you who already do that. If you enjoyed this episode, then I definitely recommend you check out some recent episodes like last week's episode with Mark Asquith from Captivate FM or another recent effort or another recent episode with Alex San Filippo from PodMatch and Pod Pros where you will get a lot of different perspectives and insights from professional expert podcasters about how to make podcasting work for your business. Now, if you want help being someone who stands out as a guest or even as a podcast host. That's something I could help you with. So drop me a line, get in touch either on LinkedIn, Twitter or on my website, presentinfluence.com. Connect with me and we'll talk about how I can help you on your journey to becoming more known and really stepping up your level of charisma and energy in everything that you put out as content to take you from being average or bland to being standout and excellent. I'm very happy to confirm that we now have booked a date with Chris Ducker to have a conversation with Mr. Youpreneur himself, and that will be happening very soon. I will bring you that episode as soon as I possibly can. However, upcoming episodes are also very exciting. Next week, I will be releasing an episode with Duncan Stevens who is an expert on influence and persuasion he is a mentalist and I have so badly wanted to talk to a mentalist for such a long time Duncan is also an amazing speaker and also set up the influence Association in the UK So he really knows what he's talking about and it was a fantastic conversation. And also you're gonna be hearing from Daniel Tolson pretty soon as well. He has just about the best voice of anyone I've ever heard on a podcast in all my life. But also we had some uncanny things in common. And you're gonna love listening to that. We really connected on uh, on an amazing level. I really never thought that I would find somebody else in the professional development world and even the podcasting world who came from a very similar background to myself. So that was just amazing. And you're gonna love the information that both Daniel and Duncan share in those episodes. I will also be bringing you some more book reviews and also some more informational shows. And if you're not already subscribed to the show, then please make sure you do that on whatever platform is best for you and if you are on Apple podcasts or Spotify right now and you have your device in your hand please do consider leaving us a review now this just helps other people know what kind of show this is and what you like or dislike about the show and also gives some feedback to me as a show host about what you enjoy and what you don't beyond the analytics I get from my listener figures wherever you're going whatever you're doing have an amazing rest of your day go and make great things happen